This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we will clean it up in the second segment of the Six Rings podcast, the first regular season edition, actually, right? Regular work week season where we're coming from one game and we're heading towards the next. And as we head towards the Pittsburgh Steelers week two matchup in Pittsburgh at something that used to be called Heinz Field, and I'm refusing to learn the new name. Same sure. Yeah, screw sure. it. Isn't that that's a, that I sounds like something people practice in a, a country halfway around I, the world? Yep, I feel it was cool. It had a ketchup bottle that had a little it. light that had a big ketchup Speaking tomato. of stadiums, not to take a complete and utter tangent here, did you see the new logo it. at the center of the uh Cleveland Brown Stadium? I did. I do are you in favor of Brownie being there? Brownie, yeah, the why Elf? not? Why not? Yeah. Love it. All right, I was just—it was just a question. I, you well, were I'm in favor stadium, of anything so I to ask. quirky and cute and cool. Oh, I like it. I like the it. fact that the Cleveland Browns have three three logos. They have an orange helmet. They have a dog, and they have now a magical little elf who <laughs> might bring me cookies. I would take cookies. I would. Uh, love cookies. You know who else I would like cookies, cookies right now because they'd make him feel better about his lot in life? Kendrick Bourne. What a segue! <laughs> what a great love segue! Andy. Really. Two snaps. You go ahead and host the show this Sunday after the game, Andy. Great job. Two snaps in the regular season opener. One of those was a uh, 41-yard catch down the left sideline, came off the field, was despondent. I listened to Phil Perry talk about it. He was in the building at Hard Rock talking about how, you know, he had to be consoled by Jonu Smith. He was pissed off in the bench area. And I think we can all feel his pain to some degree. This is a guy coming off a career year who I think most people thought was going to be an ascending talent and weapon within the Patriots offense. And then the summer hit preseason hit training camp hit. We need to remember early on, we were all like, huh, where's Kendrick Bourne? He doesn't really do anything in practice. It's not that he sucks. It's like, he's not really out there. He's not getting thrown to a lot. He's not getting a lot of reps. Then he got into the fight with the Carolina Panthers. Didn't play the preseason game against the Panthers. Now we have some reporting on WEEI today from Tom E. Curran. Some discussions about was he a little bit late, a touch late to a meeting with Matt Patricia that may have continued to keep him in the doghouse. And in fact, maybe the doghouse is Patricia's doghouse, not Belichick's doghouse. I'll push back on that in a minute. We'll talk about that. And then other aspects of you know, could Kraft be irritated with his receiver not playing a playmaker? They need more plays. Why is our playmaker on the sideline? Tommy said maybe he heard some of that, that Kraft wasn't happy. And just this idea that the two tight end offense might be something that would phase out Kendrick Bourne and keep him from getting more opportunities. So we're in a really weird world of there is some reporting. 
Kendrick Bourne's talking. Troy Brown has talked. Everybody's talked in vagaries. No specific incident. He needs to do more uh, of what he's supposed to. Show the coaches what he needs to show them. When, first of all, simple question. Kendrick yep. Bourne on the field a lot this week? Yes. So Kendrick yes. Bourne returns to a significant rotational role at the very least? As a matter of fact, not only does he get way more than two snaps. I mean, Jesus, he only had two snaps, for goodness sake. Although he was your second leading receiver with only two snaps and one freaking catch. Yes, I would say he's on the field for at least more than 20 plays. And Shime, when we do the Thursday pod, which comes out on Friday, I know it'll be Pittsburgh preview centric. I'm going to definitely need some props on this Sunday's game because whatever the Bourne scores a touchdown props are, I'm in. Yeah, okay. So me and you will be heads up. I uh, I am on the side that no, I don't think he will be getting much more time this week. Woo! Yeah. I think whoever has put him in the doghouse, it's been a while. I don't see him just magically coming out of the doghouse uh, this week just because all of a sudden people are complaining about it. So we can we can all agree it didn't, quote, just work out that way, as Bill Belichick said, that he didn't play until the end of the game in two snaps. Like, Correct. I'm sorry. Mr. Prepares for everything. Every minute detail is under his thumb. Realized in the fourth quarter, oh, my God. Bourne hasn't played yet. Let's get him on the field. How did it work out that way? So this idea that it's a Matt Patricia doghouse, I also don't really buy because mm. I'm a firm believer. Now, maybe this is different. Maybe because Patricia is Belichick's right-hand boy, beer-drinking buddy on Nantucket. But Bill makes personnel decisions. He always has. He always will. I mean, Dante Skarnecchia didn't have the autonomy to pick the offensive lineman. Like there was a Belichickian hand even on that. So I find it hard to believe Matt Patricia has autonomy to decide Kendrick Bourne is not playing. Bill Belichick is at the very least strongly signing off on it. Can I ask a question then? Sure. Is Andy, you've generally told us this before. Isn't Bill Belichick's mantra to do what's in the best interest of the team? Correct. Do you believe, do either of you believe that sitting arguably one of your better wide receiver playmakers uh, for your opening game of the season is in the best interest of the team for well, I mean, for disciplinary the measures. Vagaries. The vagaries. No, I know. Just a, just as a, as a general question. No, I wouldn't, but I don't know the details. I understand. Neither you do told I. Told me to go I don't know myself in front of the team. Then yes, you sit. I'm the yeah, dictator it's, here. Uh, he, uh, uh, Andy, he would not. Andy, he would not be on the team any longer if he did that. No, I, I think. I think what I I know. You're just sort of like putting a hypothetical out there, but because it's like I, I hear Matt retort. Slater with you and Mutt. Just yep raving about the kid's character like he yeah, talks right. so highly about him and then all of a that's sudden he's weirdness. just not playing and so like there's a disconnect to me and that's why i asked the question because it's just something doesn't make sense and we don't have all the details i and understand I'll, that but i had to ask the question I'll, all right so i'll say when 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 we get hit with the old the uh tired if not overused adage of doing what's in the best interest of the football team sunday after the game and then of course monday uh you know uh, whether it was on the radio or post game he said that it just sort of worked out that way. Uh, you know, we didn't plan it that way. Uh, you know, we did what we thought was best. To me, there must be some belief that Belichick has bought into what Patricia believes will be best for the offense in establishing what they did on Sunday. They only used 11 personnel and 12 personnel. They had basically two positional groupings. They were 11 personnel and 12 personnel. Two play actions, no RPOs. Incredibly simplified offense. Not terribly creative, if we're being honest. There's a and shocker. There's yeah, total shocker, right? So they're just Somebody trying to get back to like an offense before. In front of yeah, us. yeah, but they want to get back to some real fundamental smash mouth offense, bro. Okay, fine. If that's what you want to do, then keep up the inside zone runs, which are working for over five yards of carry. But curiously, 
He made a bunch of dumb mistakes and got away from the running game, went outside with more of the runs, which only got like two and a half yards of carry. Be that as it may and or I digress. Somehow somebody has convinced Bill Belichick that sticking with Parker, a bigger receiver like Parker and Myers, and then sometimes folding in Aguilar first, as opposed to your most electric playmaker at the wide receiver position, is good for whatever direction this offense is trending in. Obviously, they get paid a hell of a lot more uh, to, to do this than any of us have or to comment on it, design it, scheme it, etc. I don't think you're going to find a lot of people outside of that building that would feel the same way. And and yeah, if, you've we, Esiason, if you've got Boomer Esiason, if you've got Boomer Esiason going on the radio and saying that the biggest problem with the Patriots is a lack of playmakers and you're only going to allow you arguably your best one on offense to get two effing plays. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and borrow the title of one of your segments on the morning show. Shime, what are we doing? Yeah. But boomer doesn't know any more than you and I do. I mean, that's no. the reality just because he has a big name and he played in the NFL. He's ignorant just like us. And until we know the details now, I, I, I felt all along, this was a, um, cumulative process here with Bourne and then the fight was like probably a, a, a big chunk addition to that and the reaction to that that day but the the, the he he's not Randy Moss like can we all agree that no, like yeah. it's no, not know, like but he's more Dion Branch he's not even, even West Walker right but yeah. no, he's better than a Jag and if you've got the owner weighing in jag, I guess. he's better than Jag Medi- and if you've got the marginal. owner go okay no all right. Well, it, you know, that's OK. We Opinions are like neighbors and a-holes and taxes. We all have yeah, to we deal all with have them. them. I, I know. But at the same time, uh, if you've got the owner weighing in now at this point, if Tommy Curran's reporting is correct report and the owner reportedly has weighed in uh, because he likes him and wants to see him used more. You best be damn sure he's going to be used in this game. When has well, Bill I don't, ever? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Are we going to assume that the owner's going to undercut Bill for Kendrick? Bourne? No shot. He, he wouldn't undercut Bill for Tom Brady. Exactly. So he can be annoyed. He can ask a question. And when Bill says, "Well, he's been late to these meetings. He's uh, given us attitude over this. His agent asked for more money. His agent wanted to know his role if it was going to expand this year." Then Robert will go, "Okay, I was just checking. You don't have to snap at me, Bill. Like, I'm sorry. He's not going to cut Bill off at the knees." For Kendrick effing Bourne. Nope. Kendrick effing Bourne is a solid player on this team last uh-huh. year. He doesn't start for half the teams, more than half the teams in the year. I don't even know who he would start for in the National Football League. So, third best receiver on a lot of other teams, Andy. I, third I, I, best receiver on a lot of other teams. And they're, not, and they're not, not even Miami. Oh, that, mm, I, I take him over Cedric Wilson. I certainly mm, would sure. make him the third best receiver on Dallas. Look, I, I don't understand why they're not using him. I, I don't. We I wasn't there, obviously. I, I may not have made as big a deal over throwing fists and, you know, getting involved in the melee with the Panthers. I think I the fights are relevant. I think much has made, yeah. been made about that. that I don't think year. the fight right. hasn't. I've seen I know you guys do. throw punches, get thrown out of practice, and then you move on. That's your punishment. So this idea that this is still lingering from the fight, no. The fight, in my opinion, is likely a minuscule part in this, if any part in this. Uh, and there's much more. It's nuanced or there's layers or whatever attitude related. But it's not ideal because, you know, I, I wrote a column the other day that, you know, what more does Mac have to deal with? Now he's injured and he's got bad weapons. He's got bad coaching. Oh, and by the way, your best weapon, who you like, because we see you in your little videos throughout the summers and off seasons, throwing and smiling with well, we're not going to play him. It's like you're sending Mac out there to fail. You're sending Mac out there without the best chances to succeed. Well, I think that's one of my questions too. Do you, don't you think Mac has to be in some way frustrated a little bit? Because as soon as Bourne's on the field, Mac targets him on a 41-yard yep. pass. The and then second he's, the he's out there. And then, then his reward the for that is, is sit down. 
the second his feet touch the football field, Mac immediately targets the guy. So I feel like not only is Mac getting beat up because the offensive line is struggling, like on top of that, one of his favorite targets isn't getting time right. for a reason he can't control. I can only imagine that that's frustrating. Yeah, and and it's not ideal, but I also I wish we just had more of the information to really kind of piece the puzzle together because it's a very interesting puzzle. And maybe and maybe Fitzy's right. Maybe it changes this week. Maybe last week was the end of the punishment, the doghouse, whoever's doghouse it was, whatever. Maybe he does and says all the right things this week and he's back on the field and he gets targeted five times and has, you know, four catches. Okay, so I'll just set it out there right now because these games are fun to play because we sports radio and uh, this podcast is is an extension therein. 16 and a half plays on the field over under. Um... I'm going to take the – that's a good number. You set a solid number. He did. Um, I'm going to take the under. I am with Andy. I am also going to go under. I but gonna, I think it'll be more than two. Over. Yes, well, somewhere yeah. between two and 16 two and, and a half. 16 somewhere. Is there yeah, any th- over two, under 16 and a half. Now, I know TJ Watt is – again, we'll have the Pittsburgh preview in a couple – Pittsburgh preview pod. Try saying that three times quickly when you're mildly dehydrated. Pittsburgh preview pod. We'll have that in a couple of days, but there's part of me that thinks that uh, while there's some obstinance to know we're going to make this work, this is what we practiced all off season, and we're going to continue to go with our 11 and 12 personnel and try to take advantage of TJ Watt not being there and try and run it down their goddamn throats. At the same time, perhaps a little spread him and shred him will build some confidence and excitement in the offense on Sunday. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that. So if if your idea is to get confidence in your offense, mm-hmm. I don't think you want to necessarily try and spread them and sh- quote unquote shred them against this defense in particular that just picked off Joe Burrow four times, caused two fumbles. Uh, I understand TJ Watts not there, but he also got injured in that game. So like, you know, he wasn't there the entire time. Uh, I don't know exactly when he got injured. I just know he did. And he missed some of the game. It was um, yeah, it was later in the game, Very, but even yeah. even still, like that means you're gonna target guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and other strong players on that defense. That defense is a good good unit. I don't, I I'm not saying that this week is necessarily the best week to try and uh, spread them and shred them. In so, your opinion, without without getting into a a Pittsburgh preview and matchups yeah. and things that we'll get into later of the week, Kendrick Bourne is an obvious choice for a guy who could get more involved. Comeback Step player up. of the week, if you okay. Will. There we give go. Me, that would give be me nice. Three more of those. Who else? Who else would you Trent put in? Brown, hundred percent. We talked about him in the first segment. A guy who looked disinterested. Uh, communication wasn't good. The execution wasn't good. Any of that wasn't good. Uh, I would say, I think the offensive line you could include as a whole. I the comeback. The comeback my unit. Be, yes. My next yeah. is going to be Cole Strange. Yeah. I, I mean, I think those guys, and you know. Not to pat myself on the back, shime style about offseason predictions, but House of this, Cards, you called it. I'm, I, I think they need to get improved to become a House of Cards. <laughs> They're not yet a House of Cards, and so that is concerning. Fitzy, who would Defensi- you uh, offer? Defensively, I'm going to look to the secondary, and in particular, I'll go with Jalen Mills for comeback player of the week. No, you missed the obvious one. What? I thought you were going to go with my guy, John got- Smith. No, the guy who's on the side of a uh, a milk carton, in my opinion, after I 
did nothing but inflate his tires for oh Christian, oh, Christian Barmore. Barmore. Yeah, by the way, Christian Barmore. Yeah, oh, this this should be a week he should absolutely don. I'm looking to Mills because I think somebody's going to have to make a play this week. And Mitch Trubisky is far less accurate than Tua Tagovailoa, even though Tua threw a lot of his Callahan called them arm punts last week with that licorice stick he calls a left arm. Uh, Trubisky will give you a couple of 50-50s, and I'm looking to Jalen Mills and maybe some of the other guys in the secondary, but particularly Mills, Oddly to maybe enough, redeem himself. Barmore had 32 snaps, basically no pressure at all last Sunday. Yeah, Oddly enough, flat too, tire. I, the, the Cincinnati pass rush last year was pretty good. Trubisky was only sacked once last week, and it was like a two-yard sack. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, Pittsburgh might have made some more improvements on the, on the offensive line in the offseason. Um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how the the defensive front four fares against Pittsburgh. Okay, that's going to uh, put the wraps on what we'll call our Born Identity segment of the mm-hmm. Six Rings podcast. Born Ultimatum, if you will. Born Ultimatum. Play me or I'm out of here and retire. No, he didn't say Better that. have a Born Supremacy on Sunday or else. Or is everyone happy now? No. What about the Born mm-hmm. Legacy? Ah, well, I wish that, I was that never born. yet to be written. <laughs> I wish I was never born is my uh, response. Well, I'm born to I run. was born to, to the love fridge. you, oh. and you were born to love me first. Born and die, I'd like to right now. Anyway, that is the listeners born, born, whatever you want to call it, segment of the Six Rings podcast. If you want to respond to any of that, we always urge you to reach out and join us via at Six Rings Pod on Twitter six rings pod at gmail.com if you want to send an email and i wish we had a voicemail we should have a phone number like the old days of 1-800 numbers remember when richard seymour opened up like the richard seymour fan engagement line and he had like this voicemail box where you could leave richard seymour an email i mean a voicemail i wish we had that but we don't so i digress